You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. All right, well, man, again, I'm so excited to be here. We're starting a brand new series. Obviously, it's the new year, and with New Year's, man, it, it comes new thoughts, new new habits. Uh, for me, it's a new age, right? My birthday was yesterday, so now I'm older. Um, if you didn't bring my gift today, you can bring it next week. Like, I don't care when you, when you bring it. That's fine. But the new year, man, we always, how many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? Just raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. How many of you? Okay, me too. How many of you have ever actually saw that New Year's resolution all the way through? Okay, so Here's what happens, right? We get so excited about what we really want to happen, but we don't have the discipline and we, we don't have the, really the capacity to make it happen. So for instance, everybody always wants to lose weight at the beginning of the year. I don't know why they wait until the beginning of the year. I'm one of those people, right? So I have a goal weight for 2022 and I can almost guarantee you that I'm not going to get there. Like I just like to eat and it's just, it's not going to happen, but I'm still going to write it down and I'm still going to do my best. So what we, what we don't do here at Impact is we don't throw out New Year's resolutions because we just don't think that those are attainable. But what is attainable is changing our life to pattern Jesus. So when we start a new year, then I believe that if we can start a new year focusing on Jesus and who He was and how He lived and how He led, and if we can pattern our life around that, then our life will be intensely greater. We will experience things in life that we've never experienced before, and not because of who we are, but because of who He is. So our focus has to, has to change. We have to change our focus from here's a goal that we really want to meet to here's a savior that we've already met and we want to follow. That's, that's what our focus has to be. It's not about goals. It's not about set. And I'm not telling you not to set goals in your life, right? I'm not telling you not to do that. What I'm telling you is spiritually, we've already met the savior as believers. And if you haven't yet, then maybe today is that day for you. But if we've already met him and we've already started a relationship with him, then our our main focus should be, hey, how can I be more like Jesus? And the only way to be more like Jesus is not to do more, right? It's to allow Jesus into your life more. So here's one of the problems with, with churches, right? Churches try to tell us we have to do X, Y, Z, and then God will do A, B, and C. Here's what God says. Hey, I've already promised you A, B, and C. Just love me. And allow me to work in your life. He doesn't say do X, Y, Z. He says, hey, just begin a relationship with me. Begin a relationship with me. And once that relationship begins, then you can just consider yourself blessed because now you have a relationship with the Savior of the world. And then as we begin to know him more and love him more, we begin to become more like him. And then we see all these promises of God become fulfilled in our life. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience a lot of promises of God. And he's not withholding those from me. 
I'm standing in the way a lot of times of receiving those personally. And I think we have to get to a place where our life begins to look a little different. Now, this series is called Rhythms, and I don't know if you're in the medical field. Obviously, this is not a good rhythm if you're in the medical field, right? This is not a good way to live life. Like, this rhythm is not good. We found that out this week from a medical professional who texted someone and said, hey, yeah, that's not a good rhythm you want to live in medically. So don't look at this medically, right? It's just a graphic. Doesn't really mean, doesn't really mean anything um, when it comes to rhythm. But when I think about rhythm, right, I don't have any musically. I'm just going to be honest. I don't. Um, I, I can play a little bit of the guitar and it's the same strum pattern every time. It doesn't matter what song it is. I'm going to strum it the same. Because I just, I can't change my rhythm. I'm not good at it. And some of you, right, if you think about the songs that you like, some of you like really slow rhythm, some of you like really fast. So I'm a slow guy, I really like the intimate type of worship and like Phil Collins type worship, right? Like that's me. And if you're too young and you don't know Phil Collins, just look him up, he's pretty good. But some of you, maybe you're like a, a Tupac type rhythm, right? Maybe you like that. That's just, I don't really like the fast stuff. Um, I'm more of the, the slow, intimate. So let's just take a poll and let's, let's stick to worship. We are in church, right? I don't want people to get mad. Let's take a poll, worship music, Christian music. How many of you prefer the slow rhythm? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you prefer the really upbeat, fast rhythm? Okay. Some of you raise your hand twice. It's not allowed. Um, you got to choose one, right? So that's, that's when it comes to music, right? There's rhythm. We understand that. But here's the definition of rhythm that I want us to focus on over the next six weeks. It says that it is the procedure or routine characterized by regularly recurring elements, activities, or factors. So a rhythm is this. It's something that reoccurs. It's a regular activity in your life. So if you think about the way that you live life, all of us have rhythms. Some of us get up at 4.15 in the morning, Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. We, some of us take showers in the morning. Some of us don't. Some of us brush our teeth in the morning. Some of us don't. If you don't, that's probably a good thing to start. It's a good rhythm to add in to your life. Your coworkers would appreciate that. But all of us have rhythms. So what we really want to really uncover in this series is what our spiritual rhythms are. What are we doing to get more Jesus? So there's always, always a word that I pray for for the, for the new year for myself personally. Like what is this word going to be for me for this year? And I just seek after God and try to figure out what he has for me. And the word that he's just revealed to me for 2022 is the word more. And I just want more of him. I want more of him to, to fill me, to change me, to make me more like him. And I think that, man, if we can really understand how he lived life and we can pattern our life after that, man, it's just, it's going to be something that's, that's life-changing. And not only for me, it's going to be life-changing for you. It's going to be life-changing for our church. So Jesus had rhythms. 
I'm going to give you three quick rhythms that he had, and then I'm going to tell you why that's important for us. And some of you, you may not think Jesus had rhythms. Maybe you think Jesus was just some rebel that just went out and just did whatever he wanted. Now, Jesus could do whatever he wanted, right? I don't want to say that he couldn't. But he had rhythms to the way that he lived life. He, he led a certain way. He served a certain way. He just did life a certain way. And there's three things that I think can really help us. Number one is this. He withdrew to pray. On a consistent basis, Jesus withdrew himself away from other people and he prayed. And we see this, it's all throughout Scripture. I just pulled two verses. Luke 5.16 says, But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And then in Matthew chapter 14, verse 23 says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And this is all throughout the Gospels. That Jesus would, would frequently go off on his own, get away from other people and pray. And here's my question for you. How often do you get away from the busyness of the world and spend time with Jesus? How often do you get away to pray? Keep in mind, this is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He's fully God. He's fully human. Yet He chooses, He, he puts this rhythm into His life to go to God, His Father on a consistent basis to have communion, to be in relationship with Him. Now, I don't know what your prayer life is like. And I'm not telling you that you have to have some prayer closet in your house. Like, every closet in my house is so packed with junk. There's no way I could even get in there to pray. I'm hoping the pillows and the blankets are praying for me. I'm not telling you that that's how you have to pray. And I'm telling you to have a regular conversation with the Savior. That as you're living life, just get away from the busyness. Get by yourself and just talk to God. How often do we do that? I Man, I can't think of a better rhythm really in life than to just have a constant conversation with God. Right, And the Apostle Paul teaches us right, to pray without ceasing, to not stop. That doesn't mean that we're constantly, audibly talking to God. It's, a, it's an attitude and a spirit of prayer. And maybe some of you are like, yeah, I don't really know what this prayer thing is. It's just not for me. Right? I, just, I don't really know how to do that. Um, thank you for this food. Amen. Like, I, I just don't know, right? And I want to make it very simple for you. It's literally, literally having a conversation with God. And it doesn't even have to be audibly. How many of you have conversations with yourself? Let's just be, let's, we're going to be real honest today. Right? I do it all the time. I had a lot of those last night. So we came up here and we have to fill this little, this is a hot tub. And I know I tell you all this every time because it's really called an inflatable spa. So we're pretty fancy here. At impact, right? We have a spa that we baptize people in. It's great. But we have to inflate this every time we use it. And then we have to fill it up with water. And 
it never fails that it's going to leak after we get a certain point filled up and we can't move it, we can't do anything, and then we have to kind of figure it out as we go. And that happened yesterday. And then finally it's filled up. We don't think it's leaking, so we leave. But all night I'm having a conversation with myself about how this room's going to be flooded when people get in it in the morning. And that's all I could think about. Man, that, that hot tub's going to, something's going to happen. We're going to walk in. The floor's going to be full of water. I'm going to baptize people in puddles on the floor and hope that it just works for them. But I have conversations with myself a lot. And it's always in my, in my head, right? We're just thinking and we're talking and we're like, hey, you should probably do this. Actually, don't do that. You should do this. And then other people are talking to you and it makes you kind of change the way you're talking to yourself. And it's just an exhausting process. I'm just going to be honest. This is exhausting. Figuring out like what your brain really is trying to tell you. And really, that's how our conversations with God can be, right? It can just be a constant thought. A constant internal conversation with the Savior. Here's what we do, though. We want what God has to offer without really wanting God. I'm going to say that again. We, we want what God has to offer us without really wanting God. And here's what we have to do. We have to not just seek God's hand, but we have to seek God's face. Man, if we really want more of Jesus, it's not about Him doing more for us. It's about us really experiencing more of who He is. Man, so many times I find myself asking God to do something for me. And God wants you to come to Him with your request. I'm not telling you not to do that. He wants that type of relationship with you. But if that's the only time you ever go to him is when you need something, when you want something, when you want him to do something, man, we're missing it. We should be so in love with the Savior who brought us out of death into life that we want to seek after the person, the Spirit. We want to seek after God himself. We want to see his face on a daily basis. Man, and everyone, everyone we read about in Scripture, everyone that saw the face of God was changed. Everyone. There's no way you can experience the glory of God and be the same. He changes you. He changes who you are. And the more that you see that glory, the more that you experience His face, the more you're changed. The more you become like him. So Jesus often withdrew to pray. Number two is this. He welcomed rest. And man, I love this because as you know, I love to rest. I love to take naps. I also have three kids, so it's really hard. Uh, but I have an amazing rock star wife who does 93% of the work with the kids. So I do chip in right? She doesn't do a hundred. But man, I love resting. And a lot of people think that Jesus was just on the go all the time. And yeah, he taught a lot. He healed people. He did a lot of things in his ministry, but he also made it a point to rest. And there's a familiar passage in Mark chapter four, 
I want to just read this. It's just five or six verses to you. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, it says this, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Here's, here's, the, here's the context, right? They just got done doing some stuff. Jesus is like, hey, let us go on a boat away from people to the other side. Man, these crowds were just bigger and bigger and bigger, the crowds that were following Jesus. Man, because they had heard that Jesus was healing people. They had heard that Jesus was, was teaching and he was saying all this amazing stuff and some of them didn't think it was so amazing and they just wanted to see what it was about. The crowds just continued to grow. And Jesus said, hey, let us go over to the other side in a boat away from everybody. The storm comes and Jesus is asleep. And, and, and I want you to understand something. Jesus knew that there were people that needed to be healed. Jesus knew that there was still work to be done. He knew all of that. He chose and welcomed rest, even in the middle of the work. And that's something that we have to understand, is that there's a time to rest. You have to stop and rest in your life. Man, if Jesus rested, we can rest. And I know that's hard for some of you because some of you are just go, 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 go. And I tend to be go, 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 go. And that's kind of just the world that we live in. But Jesus consistently welcomed rest. And we see in Mark chapter 7 that he goes into a house and it says in Scripture he goes into a house so that people can't see him. He wants to go into this house to get away from the crowd, just to be by himself to rest. And this scripture says, but he couldn't be hidden. Like he's Jesus, right? Like he just can't. But he tried to rest. How many of us really take the time to rest? Number three is this. Not only did he withdraw to pray, not only did he welcome rest, but he wisely set boundaries. And this is, this is something that we all need to hear. People think that maybe Jesus didn't really have boundaries in his life. But like these big crowds were coming, right? Everybody was around him all the time. He healed people. But Jesus set boundaries in his life. He set boundaries in his ministry. He set boundaries in his personal life. As you study scripture, you begin to see that, yeah, there were, there were the disciples, but then Jesus also would go to a smaller group of just three. There were only a certain few that got to a certain level with them. He had boundaries personally. When his, when his mom tried to kind of use his position for herself, he reminded her that, hey, his work was of the Father. It wasn't for earthly people. He set boundaries around the way that he lived life. And some of you 
need to get to a place in your life where you begin to set boundaries because there's people that are sucking the life out of you. And you have to be okay with saying, no, I can't do this anymore. No, I can't allow you to to continue to drain me. I can't allow you to continue to consume my time. And it's okay for you to say no. It's okay for you to have boundaries. There should be a, a select few people that are in your inner circle that have access to you 24-7. I have a few of those. My wife. Maybe my kids. They're like 22-7. But there should just be that inner circle for you that they have access to you all the time. And it's usually going to be some family And then there should be a circle around them that, man, you just, you really do life with people. And that group really shouldn't be that big. And then there's a group around them and it's just people that you can invest in and people that can invest in you. And it's, they're people that you hang out with some, but they're not in that second circle and they're definitely not in the first. And then there's a fourth circle and that circle just changes constantly. Just depending on who's on the kids baseball team or who's, who's over here. But here's the problem is we allow the people on the outside to get into the inner circle. Because we think that when we get a text at 10 o'clock at night and somebody's struggling with something, that we have to fix it right then. And I had a pastor tell me just about a month ago, he said, hey, so this is what I've learned, is that if you ignore that text, if it's, if it's out of your, your time of responding, and 10 o'clock for most of you should be out of that time of responding, especially if you have small kids like me. He said, by the time you wake up, they probably already figured it out. You don't even have to respond. Because what people do is they expect you to to be there and to help fix their problem. Because you're always doing it. I don't know if you grew up around um, any type of addiction in, in your family or maybe in your own life. But I grew up around that my entire life. And I know that the more that you enable someone right, and addiction, the more that they continue to do it. That's not the way to help them. But they continuously come to the people that enable. And it's the same thing just in regular life. The more that we help people, and I'm not telling you not to help people. Now we believe in that. We're going to actually have a whole message about helping and serving and, and just showing generosity. But there comes a time where you have to set boundaries. Because what happens is you begin to cheat the people that matter. You begin to cheat your family because you're spending all this time and energy on other people. You begin to cheat the people in that inner circle, in that first circle, because you're allowing everyone else to fill your time. And some of you are thinking about people right now as I'm talking like, yeah, they probably shouldn't be here. They need to probably be in a sixth circle. There's not six circles. You got, if they're not in the fourth, they're just not there, right? I mean, you're not killing them. They're still alive, but they're just not in your, not in your world. And it's okay. It's something I've had to learn in my life. It's okay to say no to people. And man, to be 100% transparent, right? We have an amazing staff here at Impact Church. Our leadership team is second to none. I'd put them up against anybody. And they love Jesus. They love people. However, we have a couple 
that have a hard time saying no. So what we're doing is we're working together to learn how to say no and learning it's okay to say no. Because we have to set boundaries. Because what happens is the more we say yes, the less effective we are in everything. The more I say yes to other people, the less effective I am as a husband. The more I say yes to other people, the less effective I am as a father. The less effective I am as a pastor. The less effective I am as a Jesus follower. Now we have to set boundaries in our life. There's some people that you've allowed in, that you've allowed access that don't need access. Put some boundaries around those relationships. Put some boundaries around the way that you respond to people. And please understand this. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say, hey, I just can't. I can't do it. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. This is just a, it's a season in my life that I just can't do as much as maybe I did last season. And it's okay. Here's what I've learned and here's what I know. There's always going to be somebody disappointed with you. Always. There's, people, there's probably people watching online right now that are disappointed with me and I don't even know them. And I've come to be okay with that. People don't have to love me. They don't have to like me. I'm going to have boundaries because I know that it's healthy. And because Jesus, he showed me that example. So what we have to learn is we have to learn that Jesus had rhythms. He withdrew to pray. He welcomed rest and he wisely set boundaries. So here's the question that really matters for us, right? So how can rhythms help us fully engage in the mission of God? How can rhythms in our life help us to fully engage, to be more engaged in what God has for us and wants for us? And we're going to close with this, and it's just two things. But number one is this, frequency creates faithfulness. So the more often you do something, the more faithful you are to do it. So frequency creates faithfulness. And I want this to sink in. Because a rhythm, again, is something that occurs regularly. It's, it's, a, it's a factor, an activity, an element that just constantly occurs. And when it comes to rhythms in our life, it's something that we have to be intentional about doing. So the more we do it, the more faithful we are with that. And over the next six weeks, we're going to talk about some specific rhythms we can actually have in our life. We're going to look at the, the core values of Impact Church and how they're not just values for a, a church organization or church family, but they're values for us, the church, individually. And the frequency of these really creates faithfulness. And then the second thing is discipline creates desire. Discipline creates desire. And I want you to think about this because this is kind of weird, right? If we can be disciplined, then it really creates more passion and desire for something. 
I'm going to give you an example. And as you go back to the very beginning, like I've never met my weight goal, right? So just keep that in mind as I give you this example. But there's people who really like working out. I'm not one of those people, right? I'm okay with it, but I don't love it. But here is something that I've learned over time. That if I'm disciplined and I continuously do it, and I have the discipline to, to maybe wake up and do it every morning before work, or I just go out for a jog at night, which is not going to happen. But if I did, right, if I was disciplined about doing that, then the desire to do it becomes more. It becomes greater. I have a, a bigger appreciation and desire to actually do it. And some of you are like, yeah, that does not happen for me. And I get it, right? It doesn't happen for me when it comes to a lot of stuff. But it's because I really don't get disciplined about it. And when you're disciplined about things, it really, it really does create some, some type of desire to continue doing it. And when we can add rhythms to our life and we can be disciplined in those rhythms... Guess what happens? We begin to desire the face of Jesus more and more and more. Man, we have to get to a place in our life where we realize that it's not all about us. Man, that's hard. Because I love, I love me some Dustin. And there's a lot of times that I wish life was all about me. And if you ask my wife, she probably says I still think that and act that way sometimes. I mean, I want in 2022, more than anything else, is I want more Jesus. And I want to be engaged in the mission more than ever before. The mission is important. And we've talked about this and we're going to continue to talk about this, but man, there's people that are lost and dying and going to hell all around us. The question is, does it, does it matter to you? Does it matter to me? What are we doing to ensure that people find out about Jesus? Are we really engaged in the mission? Man, it's more than going to church on Sunday. Man, I love when people show up to church. I love, and I love when people go to, to small group. And I, I love that. I love doing life together like that. Oh, man, it's so much more. The mission of God isn't get up and go to church on Sunday. His mission is love, love him, love him with everything that you are. Love him. And then love other people. And when we do that, then we really get to see people know God's love and grow in God's love and show God's love to the world. We get to see families forever changed because of the power of the Spirit.
There's something special about being engaged in the mission of God. But it's got to be real in here. Some of you, you're sitting in this room right now and you're thinking, man, I don't, I don't even know what all of this means. And in just a few moments, we're going to celebrate baptism together. And what this is, is it's, it's people who at one time were sitting where you're sitting and thinking, I have no clue what any of this means. And they realized through the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that, hey, you know what? I am a sinner. And because of that, I deserve an eternity separated from God. But as we just celebrated at Christmas time, God had a rescue plan for us. God said, hey, I'm sending Jesus. I'm sending my son to rescue you, to reconnect you back to me. And man, people who are sinful people, myself included, there's a moment in time where we realize that we're in need of a Savior. And we realize that Jesus is that Savior. And we make the decision to follow after Him. See, none of these rhythms matter until you take that first step. Doesn't matter what rhythms you put in your life if you've never made the decision to follow after Jesus. And we're gonna we're gonna pray together. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. We're gonna pray, we're gonna end service a little different. But we're gonna sing a song together. And during this song, man, I'm gonna ask that you you seek after God. And this is going to be our response time this morning. And if you need to respond, I'm just going to ask you to come down and talk to me to, to let me know and let me pray with you if you need prayer or whatever it is. You can come down here and pray on your own. You can stand and, and sit, whatever you want to do. But my heart for us is that we make the decision that the Spirit's leading us to make whatever that decision is today. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to sing together, have our time of response. God, Thank you so much that we get to meet in this place. God, thank you that you loved us enough to send Jesus. God, and that as Jesus was living life and doing ministry here on earth, that he, he showed us that there's a way to do that. There's a way to live. There's rhythms that we can put into our life. God, and I pray that as, as we stand here, the ones who are believers who are Christ followers who have made the decision to follow after you God I pray that they begin to put some rhythms into their life over the next six weeks God and it all starts with focusing more on you God I pray for the ones in this room that they don't know you yet maybe they know about you maybe they believe you exist but they've never truly made an intimate, personal decision to follow you. God, I pray that today is the day of salvation for them. God, I pray that during this time of response that people are obedient to your call. 
God, we're going to give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise, because you deserve it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.